Episode 42. I actually don't know if I'm going to keep saying episode or not. I don't think that's relevant. All right. Business, business, uh, what's it called? Oh, man. Business edition, since this is what we're episode specifying three. on. Episode three. Episode three. Yeah. Kind of. Or <laughs> four. Third part. Fourth part. Part four of. Part three of us. Part four of business. Yeah. But anyway, as we said in the last podcast, uh, we got a lot of questions about like how we started Small Seed, and we did a t- we did cover that a while in the beginning about like how Small Seed became Small Seed, more or less, like the thought more. But now we'll talk more about like the technical side. I think is what people are asking. Yeah, I think the people who are asking are like more asking about like what you know, like how did you guys figure out packaging? What did you do? Like. How did you figure out how to ship? Like things like, like I think that. they want to know how we legitimately like, yeah, started. Yeah. And then are where we are now. Yeah. Not like the concept, the actual structure. Not the story, but the, right, <laughs> the, yeah. like, the black and white of it, not the story. So we either are going to call this one small seed steps, which I personally like, but the steps to small seed are pra- is probably more accurate. Steps to small seed. Small the seeds. steps of small seed? To no, small seed? the steps to small seed. Yeah. 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 Of small, yeah. So, <laughs> we will briefly cover really quickly. One, A, if you like these business topics and you have things that are more specific, message us. You can DM us either at Small Seed or our personal IGs if you know us. You can also email hello at smallseedbar.com. And we'll, if it's a good question or a good topic, we'll cover it. If not, or if it's like a topic that can be covered. Right. If it's like a. Where do you get your Where do you get your labels from? That's not a very good question. Ask me that personally, <laughs> if you want to know that. Yeah, I'm saying like if or it's just, like a question that's like too specific. Or just Google that shit because I don't like to give easy answers. And this is and this is a this is a big part of business. Like I like when people are like, hey, where do you get X Y Z product from? And like maybe I'll tell them one time, but yeah. if they ask again, well, remember that company in California? <laughs> yeah, we, who was literally buying ingredients still from the store? Yeah, but like yeah. we were first started, we weren't even we were like a couple months old. We weren't even that old of a business, right? And they like asked us a question, and I was like, you know what? I'm like the same. Like I, I am also like as a startup, and especially at that point in time, and still at this point though, like as a startup, I'm like I'll pretty much always help out like another startup because I'm going through that same shit, like. And we were only a couple months old. So, like, they were asking about ingredients. Or they were asking about something like that. Those are chocolate chips. No, but they asked about something else oh. before the chocolate chips. Oh, oh. I think and the chocolate chips like, the one I was like, no. Yeah. And then I was like, you're so dumb. Yeah, the chocolate chips. Because they had asked, like, three separate things. And I was like, and they were a supposed cookie, a protein cookie company. And we were a protein bar company. Right. And they were asking, like, where do you guys get your protein from? Uh, how did you guys figure out like packaging? It was like something like right. that. Or, like how do you it's... package your bars? And how did you how do you get them to be? I don't know. Like all this stuff. And then they were like, "Where do you get your chocolate chips? Where do you get your nut butter?" Like asking someone questions. Like, bro, <laughs> I'll help you once, but or yeah. twice. It's, it's it's also different. I feel like you're a more if you're already an established company. Yeah. You know, and you're kind of like, oh, who do you use for this? That's completely different. Like. You're sharing mutually beneficial information most of the time. When you're a person who is too lazy to do some research, you don't have what it takes anyway. Don't harass other people. Like, look it up. It's really easy. 
Or if you're like, I have a couple like more like general questions of like, how did you figure out X, Y, Z? Like we actually, That's just, completely had, different. We actually just had a girl that reached out to us that was like, either thinking about starting her own company or maybe she already is starting her own company. But she was like, hey, I have a couple questions, like whatever. I love you guys. If you have time, do you think you could jump on a call? It's like, honestly, and that's we're a- too busy to jump on a call. But if you want to shoot me an email with a couple questions you have, we'll get back to you. And her questions were like, did you guys start in a commercial kitchen right, or a yeah. regular kitchen? Yeah. Uh, which we're going to talk fig- about in this podcast. Yeah, like how did you figure like, out which pack? Right. Like how did that's, you figure out that's which guidance? Company? That's completely exactly. different. Guidance exactly. is great. That's why you exactly. have mentors. But when you're when Those you when you literally want mine. someone to just like create your entire price list, what the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah. Like yeah. Or if you're t- like your you supply li- chain, all of it. Like no, do it yourself. Yeah. Like it's your business. Now, if you want to hire me as a contractor, a consultant. That's a completely different story. Maybe I'll do it if you offered to pay me for my time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because and then I just I just heard this quote like a hundred times, and I'm sure I've heard it before. But like, you pay attention to what you pay for, you know, because people people who consume free information don't ever do anything with it. Mm-hmm, but as mm-hmm. soon as you're invested, it's different. It's like whether you invest with your money or you invest with your yeah, time. Yeah, that's when it really matters. Yeah. So anyway. Yes. So if you have questions that. <laughs> Can be covered. Right. Shoot them to us. Yeah, general questions. Cool. Yeah. I'm with it. Anyway, sorry to go on that tangent. Yeah. Last one tangent to that thing. Real <laughs> business professionals, real people who are making shit happen, do not jump on phone calls unless you're a person at that same level or making like a business deal per se, like something that's yeah. really oh, critical. Yes, yes, yes. Saying you want to jump on the phone and not offering me anything is selfish even still like some of the people we deal with trying to get them on the freaking phone when it's like all right like let's like for example trying to get someone on the phone who's a a buyer at a store that you've been emailing like multiple times so you have a a semi relationship with them trying to get them on the fucking phone is like because they're busy it's literally impossible like you cannot they're like email me like even if you I tell try everyone to like, email. Yeah, like even if you try, but like say you're trying to do like obviously you're trying to make that next step connect. Right, like right, with yeah. them, you're like we've been emailing right. for a little while now. Like, can we jump on a phone call or whatever? Or like, oh, should we just call? And they're, it's literally like they don't like like you're saying like they're so busy. It's like right. no, I'm not going to jump on a call with you. Just whatever That's, question you have, I'll continue to email right. you. <laughs> I could not even be busy. It's that I literally I value my yeah. time, and that is why I am more successful. It's also like if you say yes to one. Why would you like? Right. They're probably like, if I say yes to you, I have to say that makes them feel like they have to say yes to everyone. And then maybe, but I think I think people who don't value their own time always want to take it from other people. So just understand that people who are doing what you want to do typically do not have the time to do what you are doing. Mm-hmm. AKA jumping on a phone call. Yeah, like you're already yeah. asking, you're already taking their time writing them a message, which is okay because a lot of people, a lot of those people love to help people. Like I don't know a person, a genuine person in business who doesn't want to help someone. Oh, for sure. However, you have to be appreciative of their time and respect it mm-hmm. and understand that like you're coming from an ask with no, with no give. Exactly. Exactly. Like, you're literally going to them for a favor. Don't try to take more of it. Exactly. You know, but anyway. Yes, there's your little tidbit. For Just a little <laughs> piece of advice. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, all right. The steps to small seed. All right. So. Well, I want to briefly talk about just in case people haven't heard the, the other first one. Episode. Like, 
How did Small Seed Thought come about? So, so Small Seed was really like, if you haven't heard the story, it was essentially a passion project turned business or not even passion project, just like a need turned business. Like Shane and I were both working for multiple start. Well, he was working for a startup and he was working like a million hours a week. I was working for multiple startups and I was writing a business plan and actually I was working for a startup, a restaurant and writing a business plan at the time. <laughs> so we were both just like wicked busy. Like we literally had no time to eat. And at that time, Shane had found out or, you know, a little bit maybe before this, a couple months before Shane had found out he was intolerant to gluten. So we cut gluten out of our diet. And then we both decided we wanted to go vegan. Right? Yeah, Were we keep vegan going. yet? Okay, yeah. So we both decided we wanted to go vegan. Anyways, we used to just like, you know, you'd be so busy, whatever, you'd like run to the grocery store. We've never been like fast food people, so we'd go to the grocery store and get like snacks or like meal replacements at the grocery store. Typically a bar. Like, okay, let me grab a bar and drink, like a kombucha. That's my fucking yeah. meal for the day. That's my lunch or whatever, like... And as we started, like, basically getting more educated in, like, health and different things that go in our body, you know, there's really only, like, one company who we liked at the time that right. that aligned with. Once we went vegan, they their products are not vegan, so we were, like, not right. eating, basically. Right. What are we going to eat now? <laughs> yeah. Like, we were drinking, we were literally drinking protein shakes. Like, I remember drinking protein shakes for meals, which, like, I know some people do that, but that's not... In my opinion, that's like worst case scenario. <laughs> it's like, if, like I don't think a protein shake should be a meal ever. A absolutely not. So it should be a snack. It could be. I think it could be a snack. I think so. Or part of it. Just, maybe. just a real quick on supplementation. It is a supplement, mm -hmm. as in you supplement into your current. I'm gonna say the term diet, but that's diet. Diet whatever. is literally just what you consume. Yeah, exactly. It's not like what you what people think diet means, but diet is literally just what you consume. You know, so if like you're like, oh, I'm eating my four meals a day, I'm as well rounded, and then I want to add more protein for some reason because everyone thinks you need a ton of protein. Or if you're like, I'm hungry and I want like something in between my lunch and dinner. Yeah, I would, it's like a snack. Like I feel like more it would be like a snack or or have it like no one drinks workout. a protein shake for a snack. I mean, or have it like after you work. I don't know. Yeah, I people don't know. have I'm it just post saying, people, sure. No, people do drink them for a snack? meals. No, for no meals. for meals, right? But and not I'm a like, snack. People don't drink them for a snack. Is yeah. what I'm saying. But they should never be a meal. I'm saying they should they should be supplemented into your current diet. Anyways, yeah. So whatever we were drinking like protein shakes for actual meals, aka dying <laughs> okay, okay. I mean so anyway so I was like part of the business plan that I was working on was actually and if you haven't heard this so I was working on a business plan to open up a cafe that's the business plan I was working on so that also included what would be what we'd be selling at the cafe the meal like what would be on the menu and then recipes around what would be on the menu so I was like okay as I was building that out I was like you know what? I'm gonna try to make I was just like playing in the kitchen and was like, I'm going to make some things for Shane and I that would be like quick protein dense or nutrient dense with protein added food that we can take when we're working and stuff. There were supposed to be meals. Yeah. Like all meals have a good amount of protein, carbohydrates, and fats. So it's not like, like I think people like our bar is technically a snack bar because that's what we want to call it. But it's really it's a, a meal. Like that's yeah. what that's what it genuinely is. It's a full, well-rounded meal. Yes. And not a snack. Yeah. So it was like wanted to make sure all the nutrients were there, that it was like a real meal, and that we could eat it and be full 
And honestly, it was like, I was trying to think of these other bars. It's like, what did we used to do before? Oh, we used to go grab, run to the grocery store, grab these bars. And the bars would actually like fill me up for a little while. And so I was like, I want to make that veganized, healthier, and more sim- like more simpler. Because there's that like... A Unnes- lot of ingredients unnecessary are healthy. things. It, right. They're healthy ingredients. They're fine. They're superfoods and stuff. But like, I was just like, I don't need all that. <laughs> I'm just going to make them super simple. Like, so I mean, I would, I would argue and, that maybe they weren't healthy because they had animal products in them. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, their other ingredients weren't preserved and stuff like that. It's like, whatever, fucking celery stock or something. (laughs) You know? Right. But anyways, so I created, I think it was like the very first ones I ever created were the brownie ones. They were? Gave them to Shane and he was like, these are actually good. But Shane never liked chocolate stuff, guys. So the fact that he said that, I was like, I still don't like chocolate to this day. But cacao doesn't taste like chocolate. Cut them up, put them in like little... Like, I think we just put them in Ziploc bags, like plastic Ziploc bags or something at that time when we were just eating them from home, oh, when probably. I was making them at home yeah. in Ziploc bags and like would make a batch because they were super easy to make, make a batch. At that time, they were actually baked, so they weren't even raw. They were baked. So like throw them in the oven for whatever, 20 minutes or whatever it was, and then cut them into pieces. And then I would be like, this is our meal for the next five days. And then I would do it again, five days. When we would go to work and like to the gym and different things, we would have them and other people would either see us eating them or we'd be telling people like, yo, I mean, I'd be like, these are so good. I just made them. <laughs> like, and people would be like, let me try them. Or they would try them. And they were like, wait, these are really good. Like, have you guys thought about selling these? You should sell these. And honestly, that was not a thought. Like I was like more, I was so focused on doing the business plan for the cafe that that was like really my only goal at the time. It was like, my goal is to open up this cafe. That's all I want to do. While also, like, working for these startups and working in the restaurant world. But then after, like, so many people kept telling us, like, these are really good. And people outside of, like, our friendship circle, I feel like, were telling us that. Someone's, like, people outside who don't have any reason to lie to me. Right, yeah. <laughs> we're telling them they're good. I was like, okay, like, maybe we'll actually look into this. And I think that that's when we got, we went and got, we got married. Right? hmm And during that time, we, like, talked, okay, maybe this will really be. A business. Were we talking about it before? We, so, one, I just want to say, the only reason Holly worked at a restaurant was for the business plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like Holly worked at a restaurant. That's not, that's not, it is true, but that's not why. She didn't just go, her job was not to work at a restaurant. Her job was to gather information from working at a restaurant. So she knew what to do with the front of the house. Exactly. And if people don't know the front of the house, it's literally the serving aspect. Yeah. So, Um, yeah. Because I actually had no <laughs> experience working in, like, I had worked, whatever. You were a consumer. Yeah. Like, you were a person who were like, I, Holly genuinely loves the art of food and the experience of dining and believes, like, mm-hmm. but, and not just dining, Holly loves the experience of all businesses mm-hmm. and people, and, you know, Holly wanted to create a, a, what she thought would be a beautiful model for that because maybe it lacked or maybe you're inspired by a couple of really good ones and you're like, oh, I can do this too, mm-hmm. maybe slightly better. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway. It was still the same. For the same reason we started Small Seed, which was vegan, gluten-free, healthy, was right. the same reason I was starting the cafe, vegan, gluten-free, healthy, healthy. because yeah. I was like, I mean, we fucking lived in San Diego. Like, you would think that there'd be lots of options. And there are. But there's no crossover. There was only one right. place in La Jolla that had all three of those aspects. Outside of that? I don't know if they're necessarily healthy. I think I think 
in my personal opinion. Oh, also Cafe Gratitude is pretty healthy and they have vegan gluten-free. They're probably the closest yeah. thing to healthy. Yeah. But we wanted to be exclusively gluten-free. Yeah. So, yeah, vegan, exactly. Obviously, but I think Gratitude oh, I don't is think... vegan. Yeah, they completely. are Completely. But they're yes, not yeah. exclusively gluten-free. No, they're not. Right. Like, we wanted to make it so people didn't even know it was gluten-free. Yeah. Our goal was basically it was all going to be gluten-free, like buckwheat, like these different flours right. and stuff like that, but we weren't going to advertise like, it like only that. if you were gluten-free would you know no, it was exactly. gluten-free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, uh, man, I forgot what I was saying. So, yeah, I got that, jo- I got the job in the restaurant because essentially when I st- started talking to our investor. At the time. <laughs> our investor at the time, AK, who was my dad, who had worked in restaurants his whole life. He's like, I'm not going to, he's like, eh, t- two things. One, write me a business plan before I say yes to this. I need a full business plan to be able to read it and actually make you do the work to flesh it out so that like, I know that you're, pre- you prepare- you're prepared and understand what this is going to take. Because right. people think, rest- and he told me this, and I still to this day believe this, it's like people think restaurants are easy. And this is why a lot, and this is why like 80% of restaurants fail because they're not easy. So he's like, write a business plan, one, two, work in the industry. Because you've never worked in the, like, you've never worked in the industry before. You think you want to do it, but go work in it and tell me if you still want to do it. (laughs) Right. And also, the, one of the other reasons he was even willing to is because I ran a food company. Yes. So, like. And understood the whole back of that. Right. And back of the house is ordering. Right. Whatever I don't know. Every, what to do. Everything. Like legit <laughs> scheduling. All, all operations. Yeah, so yeah. I knew I knew how to run a complete business that revolved around food outside of serving it onto a table. Mm-hmm. You know. So anyway. But I wanted I actually wanted to just say that real quick because this is really important to before you start a business, create value in your I said that wrong. But anyway, basically make yourself valuable in that realm. So like you, I had massive amount of experience. You were gaining the experience mm-hmm. you needed, the hands-on experience, yes. and you humbly did so. You went and worked at the, like you got to start at the lowest level. In restaurants, yeah. if you guys don't know this, you have to start at the lowest level and work your way up. And especially in San Diego because it's such, a lot of people... So it's such a popular industry because it's a tourist place and uh, people in the industry, so restaurant employees can, and fucking bartenders and servers can make a lot of fucking money. Right. So it's extremely competitive. We're talking like, like $1,000 a night. Yes. Like, no, yeah. For four hours yes. of work. Yeah. Bartenders can pull in easy. If you're at a good place, easy. I mean, maybe not now with COVID, but like before a grand, 600, 800 right. cash. This is cash going in your pocket and going home right. with you that night. Like, right. And then you record so you made $200. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, anyways, not only yes, you have to start at the bottom. It's also extremely so, hard. So, so Holly committed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To even get your foot in the door. Yeah. So Holly committed to base. It's about a year's worth of work getting paid probably eight dollars an yeah. hour minimum wage. No, was, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever it is. <laughs> so, but I'm just saying, like on average, like eight dollars an hour doing grunt work mm-hmm. while and her other spare time writing an entire business plan of how uh the future business would even be modeled and still working for call me beautiful and yeah and still working for her startup but i'm just saying i was i was doing that more as in the point of like for the people who want to hear this and they want to start a business before you even start a business there is a lot of work that goes into Learning about the business mm-hmm. and, and gaining value about the business and experience. If it's a business you've never been in. Correct. Like specifically that. Like if you're like, 
I'm a consumer, like I was, I'm a consumer. This is something that I see that I think that the market needs that I think other people would like. I've talked to other people about this idea. They also think it would be popular and that they would enjoy it. But what do I really know about it? Nothing. Right. Like, so, if, like if I wanted to open up my own uh, food service, not a restaurant, like yeah, what I did, yeah. like a food service, I could have done that. Oh, yeah. Because that was all my experience. That was all you knew. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, so I'm like, that's com- I think that's completely different. But I also think most people who think they have experience in something don't actually have it. If you're a chef at a restaurant, oh. you do not know. You how know to yes. how to cook, cook food. But you do not understand business. So I'm like, what you need to do is you need to stop being a chef and go get an assistant manager job. Yeah. And learn how to be a manager. Exactly. And work your way up from there. And understand how numbers work in the, in the restaurant. Yeah. This is actually why – this is a lot of – Restaurant owners are chefs opening up restaurants, and that's right. why they fail because they're really good at making food, and they think people are going to come because their food is good. Right, having good products la- not enough, but they lack at everything else. Right. Yeah, and no, no offense to, I can say this because I worked with tons of them. <laughs> Some of the most egotistical people in this entire world are all chefs, chefs <laughs> and personal trainers are some of the most egotistical people I'll ever meet, and that's always why there's small studio gyms popping up. And little restaurants that always fail, mm-hmm. and and both of those, both of those uh, business models, as a whole, ninety eight percent don't generate any income, and almost all fail in five years or less. Mm-hmm. All of them, and it's because the the people who want to start them are usually egomaniacs, and just yeah, can't humble themselves to the fact that they need to go like learn what they need to learn. Like they think they're the shit at their craft, which they might be, which but they, they don't. Are, yeah, yeah, they could be the absolute top of the best. Exactly. But if you don't know anything else outside of that, you're gonna fail. Yeah. Entirely. So anyway, I I wanted that to be a good point. <laughs> Sorry, just that because, was a really long. Tip well, I just feel like people are yeah. like I feel like people who. I think the people who want to quote unquote start a business are people who are like, oh, I do the I do this job, I do it well, I don't get paid enough, I don't get credited enough, I don't get the respect I deserve. I just want to go start my own thing. I'm gonna tell you right now, you do not know enough to start your own thing. No matter how good you are at whatever you, that mm-hmm. one thing you do, you just don't know enough, and you need to continue to humble yourself and maybe even get shit on. Like you feel now, you feel yeah. like you're being slightly, uh, like maybe degraded or abused or yeah. undervalued. Yeah. yeah, you need to go do that in another area so you can like basically build your pillars to go do it. Exactly. Yeah, you need to be well rounded enough that when you do go on your own, you can actually support yourself. You can't just only have one. Like, say it takes you know whatever. I'm just gonna use the example of pillars because you're so mm-hmm. right. You can only have one pillar and expect a whole building to stand on that. It's eventually gonna wobble. You need and three fall or over. four. Yeah, I've always been a I've always been a fan of three. Like I just think you need three pillars. You can find yeah, you can find the fourth person to fill you in. Like you can always find somebody to be like, you know, say you want to open a restaurant and you're not a chef, you find a chef. You know, right? Like, yeah, that's like just for one example. And I mean, I was saying like three pillars because like you need. You basically need, in my opinion, you need a CEO, mm-hmm. you need a COO, mm-hmm. and you need a CFO. Yeah. Like, and for people to, like, so you need a visionary, you need someone who can execute and implement, and then you need someone to make sure you're sustainable, I mean, exactly. right? Yeah. At least sustainable, exactly. if not profitable. Yeah. With And those are like the three pillars that I think every business needs to do. And one person can do those three things in the beginning. Like, if you learn enough about those three things, you could start. Mm-hmm. And then as you're building, you need to bring on another person. And then as you're building, again, bring on another person. I would say, like, 
it would go CEO, COO, CFO as you gradually build. But however, when you're first starting, you're the visionary. You need to know how to do operations. You need to know which operations also includes team management. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I guess I think the CEO in the beginning is also the marketing. Like, because yeah. they're the visionary. So I'm like, the I always consider, yeah, right, yeah. I, also, I consider marketing to be their job. And then after CFO, I would say come CMO. Yeah. Right, CMO? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Chief so, marketing officer. But those three pillars, you could build a business pretty far in those three. Oh, yeah, yeah. But one person could be those three if they know enough of of the two other ones at a certain point. If you point. just know finance, then you need to go learn about operations and you need to learn about... You need to know about marketing. Right. Yeah. Right. Need- so like, if you're not a natural visionary, me, I'm not a natural visionary. I can see something and make it a whole lot better, but I could never create something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. I couldn't just create an ad in my head without seeing... Like now I can because we've been doing it for so long. But if you told me three years ago to create an ad, it would have been terrible. <laughs> Like I've been like, it would have been like 1970s acting. <laughs> yeah. Look at this beautiful product. It is all the health and nutrition you need. Please consume it. And it's only 99 cents. <laughs> 99 cents. If you order right now in three seconds. <laughs> Lost. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> now, now it's 399. But anyway. 300. <laughs> yeah. um, so anyway, so the very, very first steps to any business is knowing business. Mm-hmm. All, all aspects of it. At least you at least have to be knowledgeable. You don't have to be proficient. You don't have to be great. You have to. You should be good at one. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, you should definitely. have one that you're good at, really and it'll be what you're naturally good at. Um, but you need to know the three of them to start, and then as you're building momentum, bring on the right people. Yes. Anyway, that's why so, I just wanted to preface that yes. real quick. No, I I think that that's important. I agree. I think that that's a piece of business that people often lack, which is why they often fail. Correct. Because that's a part that they don't understand. Right. Humble yourself. Exactly. So back to answer your question before this happened, we were talking about it before our wedding and we were saying, oh, as soon as we come back, we should, you should turn, like you should look into actually making this a business. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's what happened. So basically, we took ten days or whatever. We went. We got. We get. We uh, got married in Jamaica, and I think we had like our week honeymoon in Jamaica. Also, it was like quote pre- unquote honeymoon. Yeah, yeah, our honeymoon that we never had because our honeymoon when we went to Sunny. So during that week, we were like, that's pretty much like I feel like all we talked about. We we're just like, all right, what can we do? What are we gonna do when we get back? Like, what are the steps we're gonna take? We're gonna do on like, our honeymoon. How dare you talk about business on our honeymoon? <laughs> Don't you feel like that's just like no, I know that, that's like, real. But so, I was saying that because like. Well, Listen, because this is the other thing about business real quick. We're doing a bunch of tangents, but all of this is really relevant. <laughs> I promise when you are, when you truly want to own a business, it consumes you. There is no ever leaving it. Like a lot of people want to own a business for freedom. It is the most unfreeing yeah, thing you could ever think of. It's the freedom is your choice. Like it's your choice to that you have to do it and the choices you can make about doing it. But it never you never get a day off, you never get an hour off, you never get a second off. Business is always on your mind, no matter exactly. what, yeah. all the time. Yeah, even if you're not like in it, you're thinking about it. Yeah, you never like, it's never not there. If you're really into business for the right reasons. Exactly. Anyway. So yeah, so whatever, we when we got back, we're like, okay, what are the first things we need to do to actually make this a legit business? Shane, thankfully at the time, like he's saying, he worked in a, he worked in a commercial kitchen. So, so he worked in a commercial kitchen and did events in San Diego. So he kind of knew some of the things that we were going to need to do for farmer's markets. So the first thing I did was 
I made an Instagram yep. <laughs> for small scenes. Always one of the first steps I tell everyone <laughs> yeah. to do. Social media. Made an Instagram, added all my friends and Shane's friends. Done. <laughs> had like 300 people on it. It was pretty good. That was pretty no, good. No, I'm just kidding. I, think we, I don't know if we had that many. But um, made an Instagram and then started asking other people outside of like who we had already asked, like, is this something you like? Will you try these? Let's start bringing them to like other people and being like, hey, try these and tell me what you think. People at the, like people at the gym, at the counter at the gym, like, hey, try these. What do you think? Because we just wanted to get like more opinion on it. It's like one thing if like obviously your friends and family are telling you, yeah, these are like we were saying this in our last episode right. too. Yeah, these are good. These are great. But it's like, okay, wonderful that you think that. Let me get somebody who doesn't give a shit to hurt my feelings to tell me if these are actually good or not. Right. That's huge. Like, people don't understand that. Like, what you just said, like, you had a product that you thought was good, that you thought was sellable, or you thought the concept of selling it was possible. However, you were like, let's, let me know what other people think to see if it is sellable. And this is, this is a huge problem that you can't sell something that is not good, mm-hmm. right? Like, you can't sell somebody something they don't want. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, so yeah. there's just a ton of people who are like, I think this will be wonderful for me. And I'm like, you are literally almost irrelevant when it comes to your bit, <laughs> like the product of your business. Yeah. Other than other like the values to- that drive yeah. you, like that is, you are, your opinion about your product is irrelevant. Everyone exactly. else's opinion is what matters. Exactly. Exactly. So anyway. And so then when we got back, I was like, okay, because we lived in San Diego, like we've said. The first thing that a lot of like small companies or startup food companies, especially, or I guess just startup companies in general do is farmer's markets, go to farmer's markets. Cause it's a great opportunity for you to be able to reach the community, reach people, see what people think they're super competitive, but there are tons of them. So if you can get it, get into the small ones first, which are a little bit easier barrier to entry to get into the smaller ones, you basically like prove yourself at those smaller ones you can then go pitch pitch yourself to the bigger ones with like your list of like this is how much money you make these are what i'm selling this is where i am now so what i did was just looked up like every uh whoever like ran the market i guess whoever ran the farmer's market what are they called not like the owners i guess they were the owners they were the owners the owners of the market or managers but yeah but everyone everyone in the in san diego Basically, all the owners and those things are present. Yeah, like, those oh, are the yes, people yes, who got No, they're them. at the yeah. they're at the farmers yeah. market, so you can find them at the farmers market. Right. So, oh, we should tell the funny story about Poway one. How it's like I think that's her because I created oh, her yeah, on yeah. Facebook or oh, something. <laughs> she actually, we actually ended up like being really cool at the end. Yeah, remember she denied us at first. <laughs> yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah, but the way I found her was really funny. Like how I was like, I'm pretty sure that's so. Okay, anyways. So we looked up these people's names. I sent them all out emails. Some of them heard back, some of them not. Then called them and emailed them again if I didn't hear back from them. <laughs> then Shane and I went to the actual farmer's market yep. and like essentially asked the, you know, the other vendors like, hey, is Shane, is like Shane McKinnon here? Do you, can you tell me what he looks like or can you introduce me to him? I have a product that like I think would do well here. Whatever. Then we'd have to pitch our product to that person because they'd obviously ask what he's doing, which is good. You know, you get a little rough pitch in the beginning before you got to pitch it to the big guy. And then they would introduce us to who the market manager was or the market owner was. And then we'd literally bring samples and be like, here, these are our product. Our card is in here. If you like them or have any questions, like at this point, like blah, blah. Some of them would be super real and be like, listen, I have a wait list that's like 100 people long. 
great product, great idea, but like come back to me after you've gotten a little bit of experience mm -hmm. and then we'll see where you, we can put you on the list. Yeah. And so, but some of them were like, if you want to come in next week, we have a spot right. available. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and those were the people who really gave us a chance. I mean, some of these were really small, like really, really small. Super tiny. I think La Mesa, so small. But, but such a good market too. Good market, but the tiny. Thing. So yeah. The thing about the farmer's markets is even if they're so small, they typically have their people who literally come every week. Like the, right. that's like their thing to do. Like that's where they go get their growth. They go grocery shopping at the farmer's market. The big, go, the big ones are kind of like uh, to, almost tourist yes, attractions, yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. So like I think of Little Italy. Mm. Like when you OB. visit San Diego. Yeah. yeah, OB. When you visit San Diego when, and you're like, oh, what should we do? To like whoever you're visiting, they're like, you should go to the farmer's market. You've never seen it. It's the biggest one in San Diego. We brought everybody to the to the Little Italy Farm. I know. I mean, that's yeah, one of my because favorite they have great things vendors. to do. Yeah, exactly. But, but I'm saying, but that's why the smaller intimate ones have a better retur constant return. Yes, 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 right? yes. You have the consistent customers coming back versus I think Little Italy probably brings in, I mean, it of course has its, con its constants, but brings in new people all the time. And... For anyone who doesn't know, historically, if someone only sees your product once, they're not going to buy it. Mm -hmm. Like it takes it takes roughly three times for them to even consider purchasing it. Yes. Just to give you everyone an idea about that. And you're giving out samples at these markets. Yeah. So the bigger, like, so you do have to think about eating your product, like eating that cost of like. The cost of the booth? Yes. The cost of all the free samples. For a while, you're not like, you, people have an unrealistic expectation of how fast you're going to get returned. Like it's going to take you probably six weeks before you have, uh, in a farmer's market specific, mm -hmm. this is fast, really fast. I would say it'd probably have, it'd probably take you six weeks to have a green day. And, but you're still in the red because yeah. of the last six weeks of yeah. all the, all the money you lost and all the product you gave out for free. Yeah. But maybe by the sixth week, you finally have a day where you earned one more dollar than you spent. <laughs> you know? So true. So yeah, so we started at the farmer's markets, basically just went, showed up, gave our product to these people because the people were there. Some of the people gave us a chance, some people didn't. And then from being at the smaller farmer's markets, essentially became friends with other vendors because it's a very uh, like community or like the farmer's market it's a niche. people yeah. are very community. Like they all kind of want to help. As long as you're not too similar to them, they all kind of want to help each other. They're all really friendly with each other. They all like support each other. If they like you and they've been in the game for a while, they're going to fucking put in a word for you. Like right. those are the people you want to get cool with. Like the people who have been in the game for a while, like the bakers, the people who make food, like the food to go, like those are people who are staying there and doing all the time. Not like, you know, not somebody like us. Like we wouldn't stay there forever just because our product wouldn't be a product that would stay in a farmer's market. But right. somebody who's making like sandwiches or like who makes the bread or the farmers oh, who yeah, are like too. doing the, you know, they're like the apple guys or whatever. Like those are the people who like you want to get cool with because they've been around forever. <laughs> like they know everybody. Also, that's their business model. Yeah. So like, oh, yeah. Like exactly. a company they're in every farmer's market. Right. Like, yeah. A company like us. The whole reason to get into a farmer's market is uh, brand exposure. recognition. Exactly. Right, yeah, exposure. Versus like other people, like they don't have uh, actual brick and mortar. They don't sell online. Their only business model is to go is to sell all these farmer's markets and then maybe like direct to some wholesale stores. I don't even think a lot of them did wholesale stores. I know. I was just thinking maybe some farms did. But, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe. But I was thinking of farms. But like the food places, 
They they're literally they made all their money at farmers at markets. Farmers market. yeah. mm-hmm. So anyway. So yeah, got cool with those people. Some of those people put in words with like the other places that we had gone to that said like, listen, we have so many people on the wait list. The likelihood of you coming here is pretty slim, but I'm not saying no. I'm just saying it's slim. Right. Once, you know, once, once John put in a word for us and then we went and talked to, talked to the manager again, it was a little bit of a different conversation of like, okay, let's give you a try. Yeah, exactly. Let's give you a try. For the next month. You can come for the next four times. We'll, we'll give you a boost spot and see how your sales do. Yep. And that was like really all we needed. Just like everything. You know, you just need a like chance. that one in. So yeah. And this, and this, is, this, is, a, this is a topic we're going to talk about soon is relationships are the best form of currency. And this is, it's really important to have people in business, especially be able to vouch for you. Yes. You know. And being genuine with those relationships. Like those I mean, that's what we're going to talk about. Yeah, those people topic, we were actually all really cool with, friends with, still to this day, like, you know, we don't we'll check too. in all the time, but they like, yeah, how are you guys doing? Like, right. blah, 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 whatever. And so, yeah, I did that. And then I don't... You don't remember which one was your first one? No, no, I do remember which oh. one was my first one. But I can't remember how we got into wholesale from there. Like, Oh, so I'll did, tell this. I'll, okay. But also, because this is like... I don't want this just to be a story. I want this to be the technical steps. Okay, okay. So, oh, yeah, yeah, Sorry, so... Right. The story's great. Love the story. Sorry. We talked <laughs> yeah, about the story. I forgot. I forgot. And the story is important, and we'll continue to tell it, but we're going to integrate the technical steps. So, Holly had this product, and then basically got a yes from a farmer's market. From that point, you have to look up your local laws, but I already had my background in food, so it was really easy. You have to fill. You have to get a certification from the Department of Health, mm-hmm. and we used my commercial facility as our home base to where because you have to work at a certified facility to work in a farmers market. Yes. You have to you have to do production at a certified facility, and then your booth has to meet the standards. Which I did events, so we had everything already, which is really important. But that that is all different depending on where you live. Exactly. So like, do your homework, Department of Health, if you're food. Depending what your brand is, it's different all the time. And then they also required insurance, which a lot of people don't ever think about is business insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to like so you your need, basic you need to find a, or whatever. It is. Right? Yeah, you need to find a broker. I think for for we were technically a they classified under baked goods, so it was a really easy one. And this is a question I get all the time: Should I should I file an LLC? Should I create an EIN? And I'm a, and my answer is always no, because you don't need to. Mm-hmm. You and people don't know it's a waste this, of money at first. right? You people don't know this, but you, as yourself, can do sole proprietorship and file under your social security number. Yes. So, so the original concept of this was under Holly's social security number. The insurance was under Holly's mm-hmm. social security number, and every all of our paperwork was under Holly's name. Yes. Anyway, so just like I think that's a big one. I'm like, don't waste like San, San Diego's at an eight hundred dollar LLC fee. That's a lot when you don't even like when you're still ex- in the experimental phase. You just don't need it. You don't really need a business license until you are going to sell in other larger right stores. Or if you're taking in massive amounts of revenue, like I would say if like if if let's say if we were like Loic 
and we were pulling in five grand a day. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, or whatever. If we were pulling in a hundred grand a month, mm-hmm. I would not want that attached to your social security number because we're going to get fucked on taxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also, um, if for any liability reasons, if somebody I want that to. Right, I would want that under a separate entity, no matter no matter what happened. Yeah, like even tax fraud, right? Like let's just say because like you're a new business owner, this has not happened to us. I'm just using this as an example. <laughs> you're a new business owner, and you're pulling in hundred grand a month. You don't realize that literally fifty percent of that has to go to the government because you're so you spend it. So like yeah, or yeah, you like yeah, whatever. Or you know? invest it back into the company. Not right. you spend or you, it or you file but... QuickBooks wrong. Like yeah. you could even even have all the money, but literally just file it wrong. And then next thing you know, the IRS, the IRS like, comes and they want to seize all your assets. If it's an if it's a LLC, they seize the company. If it's your social security number, they seize your car, they seize your house, mm-hmm. they seize your personal bank accounts. Like that is why people set up these different. Well, this is when you start making good. Right. Money. Yes. Of course. Like, but you can start easily on the first year just on your social. Yes. But anyway, so. That would be like the technical steps of how a food, because we've had a lot of people, because we're a food company, we have a lot of people ask about food. Like, how'd you start a food business? Yeah, I can only tell you about a food business. I don't really know. Right. I mean, we can tell you the general how how to start a business, but the food business is important. And then I think, I think the name's pretty cool. Like, like. So From a Small Seed was like birthed really early. So Small Seed Bar was originally called From From a Small Small Seed. Seed. Bar. Yes. Okay. It's a really long name. Yeah. I didn't think about it then. <laughs> it's just a really long the Things name. you learn along the yeah, way. Yeah, Which actually many people told me like, great idea. Your name's so long. Like, I just call you Seed Bar or I call yeah, you they Small call Seed Bar. Or I call you Small Seed Bar. Like, or or I would talk to them on the phone and they'd be like, who is this? I'm like, hello, this is Holly from From a Small Seed Bar. From From a Small <laughs> yeah. Seed. Like, this is Holly at From a Small Seed Bar. And they're like, who? And I'm like, and literally they'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I have you written down as small seed or seed bar or small seed bar. And I'm yeah. just like, okay, I think whatever. seed bar is one I heard a lot of. Yeah. People, a lot of people said that because they would, it's such a long name, they'd take it and shorten it like to the, whatever the last word was. Be like, where's that seed bar company? And like nobody knew what they were talking about. Right. <laughs> Don't have a long name, guys. Exactly. Don't do it. So, wait, what, what were you saying? Oh, yeah. Where did, was, what did it originate from? Because I think a part of business is branding yes so like that's like that's the beginning of how we started the literal manufacturer to the first selling point mm-hmm. and then manufacture aka us yeah <laughs> AKA us, us oh wait the same way we still do it now <laughs> yeah, exactly. um and then the other part is like the actual company identity name i just want to throw it in there just because i'm curious oh yeah, yeah. well it's like a three-part is there's three parts to where the name comes from. So from so from a small seed, I'm just gonna talk about the beginning one. Yeah. So from a small seed, everybody knows a quote, from a small seed, a mighty trunk grows. That's like the quote. It's over there, right there, on the board. Is it? Yeah, on that little tea thing. Oh yeah. So if you if you get the yogi or whatever that's yeah, yogi. You'll get it. So um it came from that quote. And the reason why I love that quote is because in my head, I was like, I want from a small seed to be a small seed to a larger movement, which is like the tree. So from a small seed is just one seed planted to the bigger movement of small seed bar. Correct. And then the other part of that is from a small seed, everything in our, so our whole identity was like super simple from mother nature. All of our ingredients come from mother nature, from the ground. So every ingredient comes from a small seed. 
Mm. And so it's like really natural, whatever. And then the third part to that is um, from like, so from a small seed, oh, I just kind of guess the first part is that it's like, a mo- it's a bigger movement. It's not just like, it's something that's small, but to a large movement. So I guess that kind of has to do with the from a small seed may might turn grow. I mean, those are two. I Yeah, they're very similar. Yeah. But they're kind of like, in your mind, they're two things because yeah. you're like, oh, from a small seed, the business can grow into something mighty. Yes. And All then, of our stuff comes from, from plants, seeds yes. from plants, basically. And then from a small seed is the movement of like, oh, everyone could see that something small can turn into something massive. Exactly, yeah. Right. And like... And this is important. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, um, of like it being a bigger... So now our thing is like small seed, big impact. That's kind of like our joke between us, but that's kind of, or our joke in the company, not joke, but our now it's saying, a thing. It was it was like a it was like a funny but, thing. Yeah, our saying in the company. Now it's a movement. But that's what I'm saying. But that was like kind of what it was. It was like I want I want small seed to spark spark movements outside of just like this because my whole passion or like the passion or I guess the ideologies and beliefs behind the company is like I want these to be changed. I want this to spark change in your life and real change, like generational change. Like I want people to be like, wow, this food's healthy. Oh, what are you guys doing over here? And like get to know us as a company, but also like us in like life mindset and then be able to change like their whole right. life what'd and you, make that what'd you, say, what'd you say something about you had a, you had an old catchphrase was like, being healthy starts with what you put in your mouth or something like what that. What you put in your body. Yeah. What you put in your body. And that was basically our planted seed inside somebody like mm-hmm. we can we can get your attention with this food nur- yeah. yeah like this nutritious nourishing food that was tasty and then that's how we have your attention now that we have your attention oh well let's correct let's upgrade your diet let's upgrade your mind let's upgrade like your thinking process and what you can do in this exactly. world exactly. and the bars were basically our bridge to that person mm-hmm. was like I think was kind of like the idea you're going yes, for. And it's still how we see it. It's why we have the podcast, like yeah. small seed, big impact. It's the same thing, except we're not making you buy our bars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, we're not relying on you to buy our bars yeah, for us to be able to, just, to us to make the impact. Yeah. But anyway, I think it's pretty important. Uh, so and that's still to this day. No, yeah, that's our identity. Like what, yeah. Right. And I think, I think, because um, I think a lot of people put way, so, like they take so much emphasis on the name. Like, they're like, they think they're like, oh, what will people like? Like, what will, which is important. Or also what people think sometimes is that, like, they think the name has to portray what their business model is or something. Right. And I'm like, literally, your name could be fucking serendipity, which means, like, I don't know, like, wanderer or, like, 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 I don't know what it means. I think it's, like, like, suddenly delighted or something like that. But, like. I don't know. That could be like fucking jewelry or that could be could a be restaurant. Yeah, yeah, that could be restaurants. Like it doesn't need to be like it could be massage something therapy. Res- it doesn't need to be like this cafe or this restaurant right, right. or this bar or like people used to come up. I feel like still probably people like if I say small seed bar, people think sometimes we're an actual seed company. Right. They think we're a soap bar company. Yeah. Um, they think they say, like, I've had a couple people be like, well, it doesn't really explain what you are. And I'm like, because it's a story behind it. Like, if you know the brand. I think then, a, every big name doesn't really have to do with what yeah. they 
it's it should be the mission it should be your why right so anyway so i think that was just important because choosing you basically chose the name off our our mission yes so like that's where the name came from it's not like you didn't create it for any other reason yes we don't care, we're here to put you in the face.